It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to the third episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We will be here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This is the podcast to get you ready for the weekend. I'm food, dining, and living editor, Lagaya Figueres, and I'm going to tell you about a new Day of the Dead-inspired bar that is debuting just in time for Halloween. And I'm Rodney Ho, entertainment reporter, and I'm going to introduce you to an Atlanta actress who might win an Oscar next year. We'll also talk about some messy and slimy experiences coming to Atlanta and changes coming to an unusual spot with one of the city's most talked about burgers. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. First up on this week, we're going to tackle some hot topics. And as Ronnie mentioned, there is an Atlanta actress who is uh, in the running for an Oscar this year. Uh, Danielle Deadweiler is in a new film that's coming out this Friday. This was my boy, Emmett Till. The body of Emmett Lewis Till has been found dead. Can I at least just fix him up a bit? No, they have to see it for themselves. You tell me, Mamie, how is risking your life gonna help you? Those pictures of your son change people's lives. I can't look, Mamie. We have to. The lynching of my son has shown me that what happens to any of us anywhere in the world had better be the business of us all. It is called Till. It was shot in Atlanta as well, but it's set in 1955. Uh, She plays Mamie Till Mobley. She's the mother of Emmett Till. You might be familiar with that name. He was a boy in Mississippi visited Mississippi from Chicago in the summer of 1955, allegedly uh, flirted with a white shopkeeper and was subsequently murdered, mutilated, dumped in a river. And when she saw the body of her son, she decided to do an open casket funeral. And that kind of shocked the world. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and brought in the media as well to uh, to take cover pictures it. of him. Yeah, I mean yeah. his his photo, his bloated yeah. body. I mean, she decided that this was such an awful murder. She decided to make it to to show that <laughs> there are some racists out there who will do some right. awful things. Yeah, and and it was you know the first time you know many people were faced directly with that. I think it it, it ended up being a huge turning point in uh, the movement for civil rights. Yes, uh, and the movie Till uh, focuses squarely on uh, Mamie Till Mobley, the mother, and her steely resolve and her grief, and it, it was quite an astounding um, performance on Danielle Deadweiler's part. Right. She was active in um, theater here in Atlanta. Yeah, she showed up in all sorts of plays and such before she ended up going to movies. So, Rodney, you and I were chatting about her performance before, and you said that you think that she's going to be up for uh, quite a few nominations come award season. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, she really encapsulates this character. It's not just the words on the page. I think what the director told me is that she has this way to sort of convey the emotions with her eyes. And there's a scene where she is in the trial where they're trying, you know, there's a trial for the two men who murdered her son. And she goes up on on the stand and basically for seven straight minutes, they just have the screen focused on her as she answers questions from the attorneys. But they don't show you the attorneys. It's just her face. And she tells her story. And it's so dramatic and encapsulating. I mean, I was so drawn in. And I think the director chose to just keep it on her. And once you're in the film and you watch that scene, you're like, wow, she, she's incredible. Yeah, the, the thing I loved in the story was that the director uh, talked about shooting the, the scene in different ways and, and all that. But then when she saw the performance, she just decided just focusing on her face was the best way to do it. I mean, the crew gave her a standing ovation after she finished the scene. So and you know how tough crew members can be. So that's uh, that was incredible. For folks who are going to be, um, you know, looking for signs of Atlanta, do you know any specific places where they shot it? Um, I know they shot scenes around, but this was set in Mississippi, so I don't think anything is readily obvious. This is set in 1955 in Mississippi, and there are some scenes out of Chicago, but again, I think there were a lot of CGI work there. Yeah, that's it's always fun when, when Atlanta has to play another city. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there was anything obvious here. Yeah, but I mean, even even when when they don't make it obvious, sometimes you see things like I, I remember um, what was that TV show um, with? Uh, oh, now I'm now it's now I'm going to draw a blank. Um, but but you could see Stone Mountain in the background, and it was supposed to be, and it was supposed to be like um, uh, California or something, I think. But you could clearly see Stone Mountain in the back background. Um, it was kind the of, girls of the NBC show. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think they were good in, girls, uh, bad girls, something. What was it? I can't remember. But they, it was like the women who who went into crime. Yeah, I think there was. It was supposed to be like the border of Canada or yeah, something. It yeah. was. That's right because they were like at a border crossing, but you could see Stone Mountain in the background. Correct. <laughs> but, well, Danielle Deadweiler was also in Watchmen, which had some obvious scenes in Decatur. Right. Yep. Yeah. You could see. Well, that's the movie Till, which was shot here in Atlanta and starring Danielle Deadweiler. And keep an eye out for her come Oscar season. Um, yeah, it's in movie theaters season. this weekend. Yeah, so that's starting up so you can go out and see that on October 14th. 
Our next hot topic is Buckhead fires. There seems to be a rash of them in recent days. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about hot topics, literally hot, fires and more fires coming out of Buckhead um, on October 2nd. And I'm, and I, we mentioned this because this is related to the dining scene. There was a fire at Buckhead Saloon on Roswell. It's been around for 25 years. And man, that fire lasted uh, for hours and hours. And then they had the, the the firefighters had to come back three more times after they thought it was extinguished. So that roof has collapsed. It's under investigation. We're not quite sure the cause of it, but um, who knows when that's going to open. But the crazy part, you guys, is that's the second fire in that area just in a matter of weeks because of the Tin Lizzie that got um, that caught on fire in late September on Piedmont Road, not very far away. Did they find the cause of that? Do you know? Um, apparently that there was a, the fire originated from some electrical wires. Ah. So, and luckily they were able to prevent the building from being, you know, a total loss, but you know, the left side's been destroyed. And I guess the owners are saying that they do plan to, to reopen, but there's no timetable so far, you know, and curiously enough, this is all happening at the same time that Chops Lobster Bar is actually going to be reopening. Those guys have been closed since January and that is, you know, right there two in the same area in Buckhead. Um, but that was closed since January because of a fire that resulted in water damage. And that poor, those guys, horrible timing with that one because they had just finished doing the renovations for an expansion on their dining room when, boom, here comes the fire with the water damage. So now they're going to be reopening mid-October, although the lobster bar itself downstairs, that opened um, in September. So we, we're going to see now an entirely new dining room, new patio, new whole shebang but um yeah that's been you know since january close so i don't know what's up with fires in buckhead but <laughs> yeah and i mean you know these come at a, a terrible time that re restaurants are still recovering from you know the lack of business during the covid19 pandemic and they're just just getting back up and running and then to have to deal with fires too that's uh not much fun never fun to deal with insurance companies. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, and then another little bit of sad news coming out of that area too. The Portofino, which has been around for 22 years over on Paces Ferry Place, those guys just informed us that they're going to be shutting down permanently and their last day is October 22nd. We don't really know the reason for, for that closure. It really wasn't provided. But yeah, they're closing on, on the 22nd. So if you want to go there, you have until the 22nd. And if you want to head to Chops Lobster Bar, uh, that should be uh, mid-month. You can go back to that place. So Go and support these businesses because uh, they, they need the help. So... Moving on to something else that uh, came up this week, the B-52s, they plan to finish up their farewell tour here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah back in April, they announced a tour, like a six-week tour. They're in the middle of it right now. They're going to be at the Beacon Theater this weekend in New York City. Right. They announced three dates in November, November 11th to 13th at the Fox Theater as their final dates on this tour. Which makes sense. You know, they're from the area, so why not finish? And those tickets are all sold out. I mean, yep. you're going to have to pay probably $200 or more on the um, open market <laughs> to yeah. try and get tickets at this yeah. point if you want. But um, just a couple of days ago, uh, the folks at Classic Theater announced a, um, a benefit concert that's going to happen on November 15th, two days after the last Fox Theater um, concert. And that's going to 
kind of end the tour. Right. It makes total sense. That's where they started in 1976. Exactly. Yeah. There's uh, you know, a sense of closure there, I guess, start coming back to Athens. Yeah. I don't know why it took them so long to put it together, but I guess it's kind of separate from the other tour because it's like a benefit concert. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they probably planned, been planning it for a while, but uh, yeah. waited until they had everything in place to announce it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully they'll get some guests and some, you yeah. know, some of oh, their I friends yeah. will show up and, and, and those tickets are going to sell out even faster, It'll oh, probably yeah. be even harder to get those tickets than the ones at the yeah. Fox theater. Yeah. And, and you have, and it's like, we have a, an announcement of that and there are ways to get in on it a little early. Um, but you know, even then I, I imagine the early tickets, you know, the official on sale date, there probably won't be. Yeah. By the left. time this podcast comes out, the tickets will be gone. Yeah. Yes, probably. Yeah. So good luck getting one, but, uh, yeah, the, but yeah, keep in mind that, that it is happening. Yeah. And for those who really, really want to do it, there's usually a way to, uh, to get a ticket, uh, one way or another. <laughs> if you're willing to spend the money, of course. Yeah. But yeah, it, the B-52s in Athens, uh, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it'll be great to hear private Idaho and dance this mess around. Yeah. It'll be fun. And, you know, it's it's a good bet that the folks who they used to play around with, other bands, will all likely be there, too. Uh, not necessarily playing, but watching the show. Exactly. And speaking of that, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, this in coming episodes. Uh, I, I've actually just assigned a story about R.E.M.'s Chronic Town. They're marking the 40th anniversary of that. That was their debut EP. came out 40 years ago. And uh, they're going to be doing a show in, well, not R.E.M., but... Uh, yeah, Rich some, Robinson yep. uh, of the Black Crows decided to put this all together, yep. and he got his buddies like Darius Rucker and Fred Armisen, and, of course, his brother Chris are all going to be there. Yep. And there are two dates. They're doing one on the 14th of December, I think, at um, 40 Watt in yep. Athens, and then they're going to go over to the Roxy Theater on the 15th yep. with, so, sli- yeah. with slightly different lineups. I think the, the Indigo Girl is going to pop in. Yeah, yeah, and plus, I imagine they'll probably add some folks to it. There'll probably be people. Yeah, know. and the question is, will any of the REM members even po- show up? I mean, is this, are they, well, com- any of them, you know, they still live around. Most of them live around here, but they well, could pop in. Yeah, Mike Mills is often seen around, yes. um, and he does a lot of things locally, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, but yeah, there's no official word about any of them necessarily showing up for that. Uh, but those tickets go on sale soon, too. Uh, and you can check uh, the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog, which uh, Rodney does for that uh, information and information on the B-52s as well. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
And next, we're going to talk about some of the new things that we have coming this week that you'll find uh, online and in the print paper. One of those things is uh, Rodney is doing a piece on Mark Owens, who is leaving the Braves. He's their hype man uh, between innings, and uh, he's been doing that for 16 years, but he won't be for much longer, right? Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. It's 81 games a year. Um, you know, he wants to spend some time with his family. And, uh, you know, he's doing this because he loves the Braves. It's not a massively high-paying job, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. You know, he does the Napa, yeah, I think it's the Home Depot tool race where they have three people dressed up as tools and they race down <laughs> the field. And then, of course, the most famous one is Beat the Freeze, the, the dude who runs so fast that people are given a head start and then he beats them. It, it became like a viral video a few years ago. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he introduces that. So yeah, it's, it's a fun job, but, uh, obviously very time consuming. He decided last year he was about to, he wanted to quit last year. Then they won the world series and he said, Hey, I'll do this one more year. <laughs> so yeah. maybe they can win another world series. We'll see. He's sticking around for as long as they're in the playoffs, right? That and is true. Yes. He's going to be there. Um, you know, as of this taping, uh, Braves are still in it. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, look for that. Uh, that story's coming. Uh, when when will we uh, be seeing that? Probably later in the week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take a look. <laughs> I haven't started uh, writing it yet. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't you know, tell them that. Don't tell them that. <laughs> you know, we're on a, a whole other schedule. So <laughs> take a look at the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog. As always, all of Rodney's stuff uh, eventually winds up there. And the next thing we want to talk about, I wanted to uh, go over to Lagaya for a burger in a gas station it's gotten a lot of interest and i've been wanting to really try it but they have some changes coming as well right yeah so nfa burger which by the way stands for not fooling around which we all know that they are not fooling around with their burgers people love those but uh yeah it's in the chevron gas station in in dunwoody and the owner recently filed to expand. So he's gonna take over four parking spots that gives him additional 600 square feet and a separate entrance so he can decouple from the gas station so he can focus on uh, folks basically not colliding with the gas station customers. Um, so it'll keep separate entrances and whatnot, but it also allows him to do some menu expansion as well. So that's gonna happen in the, the construction should be completed in the spring of next year. But yeah, those guys, he opened in um, 2018, then he moved into the Chevron spot in 2019. And you know, by 2021, last year, it was named the best burger in Georgia by Food and Wine magazine. So they're on everybody's radar. Right. Yeah, that's one of those that I've always been meaning to try. Maybe I should go by there today. <laughs> you should go by there today. You know what? I think there's something that's like an allure of gas station restaurants. You know, those counters, the inside. I mean, I, I remember that um, there was a, a couple of years ago when I was on Buford Highway and I found this Tuckeria inside uh, one of the gas stations over there. And it was just, there's something fun about finding good food inside a gas station because it's sort of rare right where was that was that salsa taqueria by any chance do you remember no it wasn't called salsa taqueria it was something else taqueria um but it has since definitely changed names and i don't think it's as good i can't remember the name of it though but it's on a section in uh, brookhaven yeah i was going to say that one of my favorite uh tacos in town 
is from a place that is in a gas station. It's called Salsa Taqueria, and it is uh, over there on Buford Highway. They make the best birria tacos. Their birria tacos are just amazing, and uh, yeah, it's next to a gas station. So, And actually, strangely enough, just around the corner from where I live, we have a place that does fried chicken out, out of a uh, convenience store and gas station, So, uh, and it's delicious. Yeah, you know what? This is reminding me that I think we probably should do a roundup of good food destinations inside gas stations. We should do that. Thanks for putting that on my radar. Absolutely. I think that would be awesome. And uh, I wanted to go on and keep talking with you about beer news. We have some beer news coming, right? Yeah, you know, I almost feel like we should have Bob Townsend on here because he is our resident beer writer. And there is so much news right now in the the beer industry. So tomorrow, everybody listen up if you love beer and hitting up brew pubs. Uh, October 14th, we are going to see the opening of two breweries here in town brew dog which is actually international brewery and pub chain they're based in scotland but their first location here in the south is opening off uh, the Beltline, the east side trail at the stoveworks which is next to crog street market so they're coming that's going to be like twelve thousand square feet of bar restaurant covered patio they are going to be um carrying, uh, well, folks can look for collaborations with other Atlanta breweries too. So like, you know, um, New Realm, Wrecking Bar, Halfway Crooks, Arches. And by the way, that is that puts so much beer and beer focused businesses over in that area um, where you see like Hop City Craft Beer and Wine, um, New Realm Brewing, Orpheus Brewing, all of that over, you know, in that section. But that's not the only beer news. So we've got Hip and Hops, which is the first black owned brick and mortar brewery in Georgia. They're expanding again. And they also are this time the locations in Stone Market. I mean, sorry, Stone Mountain. And that's opening as well. It debuts on uh, tomorrow on the October 14th. So that's on Memorial Drive, 11,000 square feet, you guys. And let's see, their other locations were in East Atlanta, they that and and also in East Lake. So terrific news. But curiously enough, the husband and wife owners, Clarence and Donika Boston, they are the ones who are hosting Blacktoberfest. Do you guys know about Blacktoberfest? No. Uh-uh. Well, let me tell you about it. So it's this beer festival that is featuring brews from Black-owned breweries. It's going to be taking place on October 15th in Stone Mountain. So if you get tickets, uh, you can sample more than 50 different collaboration beers, and they're all made in partnership with breweries and black chefs. Um, So that's also, again, that's taking place at Hip and Hops, and people can find information at hipandhopsbrewery.com. But I have even more beer information for you. Do you want to keep listening? Yeah, please do. (laughs) Okay. I mean, this is like huge beer time. I guess it's Oktoberfest time, but still. So Pontoon Brewing, another craft brewery in Atlanta, they opened um, their second location. And this one's in Tucker at the end of September. So there's another opportunity to go drinking. And by the way, that's located pretty near Stone Mountain Park. So you're not too far from Hip and Hops. And I wanted to say, while we were talking about Pontoon, that just across from that, uh, well, across uh, Mountain Industrial Boulevard, I believe, is Tucker Brewing. So there seems to be like a little bit of uh, 
you know, a beer district almost brewing right there over off of uh, 78 and uh, Mountain Industrial Boulevard, I believe. So that's pretty cool news. I love that. Yeah, there's lots of little pockets of beer districts, I think, that are happening, you know, all around Atlanta. But now here's the one that I teased at the beginning of this show, just in time for Halloween. So it's called Mambo Zombie is opening above the Georgia Beer Garden. And they are, well, they've already opened. So it's a Day of the Dead inspired bar. It opened in mid-September and it's on the second floor of the Georgia Beer Garden on Edgewood Avenue. And the drinks, they kind of like draw on tiki influences. And um, it's act there by bartender and a partner, uh, Keisha Cyrus, who Bob Townsend, our beer writer, just did a Q&A with her a couple uh, weeks ago that folks can find at AJC.com. But she's going to be using some pretty nice liquors, if you ask me, like a Pisco, Caribbean rum, cachaca, and it's like some, the food is mainly, you know, snacky type of stuff. But yeah, it's Day of the Dead inspired bar. So look for all of that kind of decor. Oh, that's cool. I love that, that they're doing those for Halloween. We always have those for like Christmas, the the, the holiday season coming up. We have these pop-up bars and things like that, but I, I don't remember seeing those for Halloween. Ah, but this is permanent. This is not oh. just a couple weeks thing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that even more. Because, <laughs> yeah, I love the, the, the holiday-themed ones that pop up every year. Those are so much fun to do. Um, we've had one many years uh, in Decatur that, that's a blast. Yeah, I went to one last year across from Opry DM. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, and also the Christmas ones are pretty fun too. Miracle Bar, we see those happen around town around Christmas time, and those are great. Yeah. Yeah, and one other thing while while we're talking, uh, I the one of the things that I was most excited about is uh, Bomb Biscuits, which is doing, uh, there's a relocation going on, right? Yeah, and she's so Erica Council and her biscuits, they really are the bomb. Oh my gosh, those are so good. She's been operating out of Irwin Street Market and or is it Irwin Street Kitchen, Irwin Street Market? I'm blanking on the name, um, but over right across the catty corner to Krog. And uh, now she's going to be relocating so to a larger space she'll be in the old fourth ward but that and so that's going to involve also some you know sit down opportunity too where right now it's just, i mean she just is tight quarters that kind of thing you know working out of a stall so this gives her some you know real um ability to expand her menu and yeah bomb biscuits get ready yeah i'm very excited about that so, uh, Rodney, you've been working on something else uh, The uh, that PBS is doing a documentary about the Atlanta spa shootings, right? Yeah, that happened last year, and they interviewed you know, a lot of local Asian-American activists, as well as politicians, as well as some of the <clears throat> victims' families, to just explore what happened and how the Asian-American political forces have grown yeah. in the interim time. Yeah, that's coming out very soon, right? Yeah, I think on the 17th on PBS. Okay. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. And uh, Rodney will have a preview of that story uh, very soon. So uh, look online for that and uh, in the AJC print sections as well. And next, we'll go on to uh, some of the things that we're working on coming up. Lagaya, I wanted to uh, mention uh, you have a food cover story that sounds really fascinating, right? It's going to be delicious because it stars... 
delicious Miss Brown. Folks might know the name Cardea Brown from the Food Network, and her show is Delicious Miss Brown. But yeah, she's got a new cookbook out, and it's called The Way Home, a celebration of Sea Island's food and family with over 100 recipes. So this cookbook is on uh, Golaginchi cuisine. Cardea, uh, she was born in Charleston. She actually spent time growing up in Atlanta, and she attended Oglethorpe. Her mom even lives uh, here in, in, in Loganville, not far away. But um, so our food cover story, uh, t- you know, we talk a little bit about that cuisine and we're going to be featuring recipes for crab rice, okra stew. I don't want to give it all away, but it's super tasty stuff. And um, and her stories are, are and she's a, a delight to talk to. Susan Puckett uh, interviewed her and wrote this story. So get ready. Those of you who, who want to cook some delicious Miss Brown food, yeah. going to be ready for you next week. Mm. That sounds awesome. I love I love anything from from coastal Georgia, coastal South Carolina, uh, that low country stuff, and the the Gullah Geechee cuisine, and and the whole you know their the traditions that they have there. I think it's it's fascinating. Definitely. And uh, Rodney, you have upcoming um, a story on a book about Atlanta's hip hop scene, right? That's right. Um, culture writer at the New York Times, Joe Coscarelli, has been working on this book for several years. Um, you know, the history, you know, obviously Atlanta has been kind of the focal point of hip hop for the past 10 or 15 years, um, even, you know, starting earlier with Outkast and Ludacris and then moving forward more recently with Gucci Mane and Migos and Future. And he just explores kind of the history of Atlanta, even going back to Wayne Williams and, and connecting it all the way to today. Um, and, uh, the book comes out on the 18th. So I'm talking to him soon. Awesome. That's great. And, uh, we also wanted to ask you about, uh, the thing that I talked about at the top of the show, you've been getting a little slimy and messy lately, right? Yeah, there's two of them. In fact, yesterday I visited beat the bomb, uh, which is located, um, right off Chattahoochee Avenue, not far from the Crestlaw Memorial Park. It opens Thursday the 13th and it's basically like uh, I think I mentioned it last week uh, it's kind of a mix between an escape room and a little bit of like paintball feel to it but it's mostly a team effort there's one room where you kind of do like a mission impossible thing where you have to sort of weave yourself through a bunch of lasers like um and (laughs) and kind of like Tom Cruise and there's another one that's kind of like the um that game where you have to follow all the all the music. Um, what was it called? Simon. It was called oh, Simon. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. much like yeah. Simon, except you have a bunch of different team members and you all have to line up notes in a certain order. So it's very much like a team building exercise, but also a lot of fun. Yeah. And then at the end, you, you build up points based on these games. Then you have a certain amount of time to defuse a bomb. Uh, again, a team effort. If you don't defuse the bomb in time, you get bombed with paint. Oh. <laughs> Wait, yeah, so, I- so Rodney... If you're going by yourself, do you or do you like come with a friend and do a team thing, or how do you do this? Uh, how do you test it out? You have to come with a bunch of people. Yeah, well, it was a media day, so it was a bunch of us, they, a bunch of media people. We all did it yesterday, and it was a lot of fun. But you should bring four to six people to make this work, for sure. But it's definitely worthwhile. I think next time you should bring me and Shane along. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh well, well maybe. <laughs> I don't know if Shane would enjoy this as much as you, Lagaya. I don't know. <laughs> I love games. It's fun. 
Same, yeah, same. He, he, I love the games. Yeah, so so that's beat the bomb uh, experience. That's a, that's a new permanent thing, right? Yes, it's there uh, starting Thursday for as long as they can stay open, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it, he originally opened one in Brooklyn in 2017. Alex, the originator of this, this is his second location. He's going to open one in D.C. as well. So he, he did kind of a test run in Brooklyn, right? For, and it seemed to have worked. So he's done a, a modified version here in Atlanta. Great. Okay. Well, cool. Uh, well, those are the things that uh, uh, we're working on, and uh, you can uh, keep an eye out for that uh, both in our print sections and at AJC.com. You can find it anytime. And uh, I want to mention that coming up in our Go Guide this week, we'll have a guide to places where you can see fall foliage, which uh, is supposed to peak late October, early November. According, you know, It all depends on your latitude where you are. The further south you go, the later it uh, peaks. So we have things in North Georgia. We have things that are south of Atlanta. So, um, you know, whenever you get around to it, you'll be able to uh, go see some beautiful fall foliage. And then coming up in our Sunday Living and Arts section soon, uh, we will have a look at haunted Atlanta, uh, places that are haunted around town. I am so looking forward to this story by Bo. I was thinking... What are the haunted locations in Atlanta that he's going to talk about or some of the stories? Like there's Oakland Cemetery. That seems obvious. And the Fox Theater, maybe. Or like maybe Kennesaw Battlefield, like paranormal activity of Civil War soldiers. I read that even Six Flags Over Georgia is rumored to have like, you know, um, some ghost action there. Do you guys know about any other um, haunted Atlanta spots? That's that's what I would think of is automatically I would think of Oakland Cemetery and, you know, Civil War sites. Um, and when I did the Plaza Theater story, there are definitely ghosts at the Plaza Theater. Uh, but we know Bo, so I'm sure he's going to hunt down the most, like, esoteric spots and talk to some really interesting people. So Haunted Atlanta, I can't wait to read his story. Yeah. We're going to have to start marketing Bo. We know Bo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so look for that coming up in our Sunday Living and Arts section. Uh, That'll be the day before Halloween. Uh, That's the plan. And before that, uh, about a week before that, we're also going to do a haunted house roundup, the the ones that they put together, not the ones that are naturally haunted. Um, So you'll be able to uh, go out and enjoy that. And then coming up a little bit later, we'll be looking at uh, places with fire pits, restaurants, and things where you can go and stay warm. And then also coming up uh, for Veterans Day, we'll have a story about a man named Sid Stein, whose brothers went off to war in World War II uh, when he was just six years old. And he really never knew his brothers, and um, he sort of didn't know a whole lot about them. And uh, recently, his, parent, his, well, his parents had given away all of his brother's stuff, including a couple of Purple Hearts that went to his cousin. And when this cousin died in 2011... Uh, Sid Stein got those, and uh, that inspired him to do some research about his brothers, and he found some letters that they sent home. It sounds like a really, really wonderful story and uh, one that uh, we're looking forward to uh, bringing you on Veterans Day. So keep an eye out for that. That's coming in the Sunday Living and Arts section. And it's time now for our Pet of the Week. And this week we have Clove, who is a total catch. This cutie has a pretty dark coat, hazel eyes, and stunning spots on his chest. A Lifeline volunteer told us that Clove is very affectionate, loves treats, and knows how to sit. He's easy to walk, and though he can be a bit shy at first, he warms up quickly. 
Clove seems to do well with other dogs and even comes when he's called. Come give Clove a chance today. Find him at DeKalb County Animal Services at 3280 Chambly Dunwoody Road in Chambly. And check out the story page for this podcast for a photo of Clove and a link to his page. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks as always to Rodney Ho. Until we meet again. And to LaGaia Figueres. Thank you. I'm Shane Harrison. Thanks for listening to our brand new podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.